always it helps to take the gospel each week and to place it in its uh, larger context. Remember that we have been listening for the last several weeks to parables that have been addressed to the scribes and the Pharisees. Last week, the parable was about an invitation to a wedding banquet. And the Pharisees once again realized that they were the ones who refused the invitation. So today we have the Pharisees and the Herodians. And the Pharisees and the Herodians, they would have been mortal enemies. But they have suddenly found an alliance with one another because they are ganging up on Jesus. And they're ready to launch an attack. They want to entrap Jesus in his speech. They begin by supposedly flattering Jesus, trying to take him in, catch him off guard. But Jesus was, of course, aware of their hidden agenda, calling them, you hypocrites. They're trying to force Jesus into what we would call an either-or situation. Take sides. You know, when you're placed in that kind of situation, it's going to create absolutely nothing but conflict. Very simply, if Jesus supported paying the tax, he would have been discredited by the Pharisees who resisted the hated what was called poll tax. If they had anything to do uh, with supporting the Roman providence under which they were being ruled. But of course, then if Jesus resisted paying the tax, it would have brought him into resistance with the Roman authorities, the Herodians, and he would have been viewed as a dangerous revolutionary, like the zealots. So it was no win for him, no matter what way he answered. And of course, they were not interested in having a conversation with him or a discussion or listening to what he had to say. They were just saying, let's nail this guy. That's the tenor of the gospel tonight. Let's nail him. You know, this gospel is really not much different, I don't think, than the tenor of our times today. Certainly, it's the overall social and political climate in our times, which are becoming more and more divisive and contentious. Not long ago, opposing factions would often work together with one another politely for the common good. Certainly, there were tensions kind of a quiet courtesy and a tacit respect prevailed. Now all one seems to experience is contempt, name-calling, personal attacks with more and more division. News channels specialize in simplistic sometimes false analyses of sometimes very complex situations. 
civic leaders are unconcerned about the divisions of their words and the actions that they are creating. Very much like the gospel tonight, this either-or, or us and them world that we now live in. And what concerns me is that it's so much thrown at us constantly that we're apt to assimilate it and begin living our own lives in this kind of way. Well, Jesus rose above the fracas today in the gospel. He wouldn't get caught up in this sort of thing. And, of course, the church is called to reflect the presence of Jesus today in the world. And who's the church? We are the church. And so we're called to be not divisive in our actions. We might say that every Christian holds a dual citizenship. Our birth makes us citizens of an earthly nation. Our baptism makes us citizens of a heavenly kingdom. And sometimes they overlap. In the end, our earthly citizenship will one day be completed, but our heavenly citizenship lasts forever. It's obvious what's most important. Over the centuries, many of the saints and martyrs have taught us that if we're ever forced to choose between the two, we must be true to our heavenly homeland, even if it means suffering the painful consequences here on earth. But tonight, Jesus reminds us that we must live out both of these citizenships responsibly. So let's start with our heavenly citizenship. What exactly belongs to God? Do we owe any taxes to the heavenly IRS? Just as the Roman coin bore the image of the Roman emperor, so are human souls bears the image of God, our creator. All of us do. This is something that comes right out of the book of Genesis. We're all made in the image and likeness of God. And so because we bear the image of God, we're all called to live in communion with God, and we're all called to have a relationship with God. That's what we do when we pray and talk to God. That's why we're here tonight. We don't just say, oh, yes, I believe in God and go our merry way. That's not paying our taxes. Paying our divine taxes means we follow his way with our lives. We live by his commandments, all of them. We follow the example of Jesus Christ with our lives. We all have to pay our divine taxes. In the secular world that we live in today, it's very easy to ignore the divine taxes. We all have to also be good citizens. 
focusing on being a good citizen in the world, there was a very, very important document that came out over 50 years ago out of our church. It's called Gaudium Gaudium et Spes, beautiful document from the Second Vatican Council that emphasized sort of like our strategy for a church in the world today, how we are church in the world today. We're not supposed to withdraw from the world, okay? We're not supposed to be some triumphant, you know, kind of entity in the world today. We're supposed to listen and be engaged in the world. And since Vatican II, all of our popes, Pope Paul VI, John Paul II, Benedict XVI, and now Pope Francis, very, very much engaged, very, very much engaged in the world. We take, see it taking new strides with each of our popes. The work of Gaudium et Spes is far from over. It's not just for the popes. It's for all of us. To break down the walls that are set up in the gospel today, that are being set up in the world. How do we do it? How do we do it? I'd like to just suggest three words for us tonight. We start with respect. Because we're all made in the image and likeness of God. As I said, we have the image of God planted on our souls. Not just some of us. Not just the ones that look like us, that resemble us, but every human person is made in the image and likeness of God. And so we all respect one another. And we show that respect to one another. We model that respect. Next. We start exercising some compassion in our lives. Compassion. The word compassion means to suffer with. We can only suffer with another person when we start to listen to them. Listen. And finally, the third word. To begin to be more sensitive with one another. How does this happen? When we start to get to know one another. If we're not familiar with others, if we don't know their situation and what they're dealing with, it's very easy to start throwing darts. That's why it's so important to listen, to listen. And be sensitive. Just as the image of of Caesar was stamped on the Roman coins, as I said, the image of the Creator has been marked on all of our hearts. We've been marked for a specific reason. Gaudium et spes. Joy and hope. To bring that joy and hope in our world. Let us pray in our celebration here in this hour for the courage and wisdom to carry this out. It's truly daunting. It's a huge task, but it's also the cause of much rejoicing.